104.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide us. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. I'm sure you know that today is Tuesday, June the 7th, 2016. I hope you have voted. Ah, the California primary election is happening even as I speak, as my, uh, as my mother used to say, vote early, vote often. I vote by mail because uh, there's so much hassle these days. Uh, oh, those long lines, it seems to have gotten uh, a little more difficult uh, since the election of Barack Obama. Ha, wonder why. Anyway, uh, this fight for voting rights apparently is... It's not going to end. It's going to be a hassle, and uh, it's going to get worse. Uh, I'm grateful for those who are tackling that issue. Uh, oh, Barack, dear Barack, um, we will, yes, we'll see the end of Barack at Christmas, just after Christmas. Uh, I think that... Having a black man in the White House has been a thorn in the side of the establishment since wherever we know that Barack Obama is more Kansas than Kenya. But still, uh, my own paranoid feelings are getting worse, uh, especially with the threat we have today. Uh, A chill wind comes over me uh, this time. I don't know why I feel so. I don't want to be scared. I just don't know. Ah, it's hard for me to understand, grasp, how it is a billionaire with the persona of a redneck in some bar blowing off a coarse racist wisecracks. Uh, no, no, that's an insult to rednecks. Uh, how could Americans have, well, I watched the TV coverage of these ugly conflicts. Uh, wherever Donald Trump appears, uh, oh dear, Americans behaving 
like yahoos, I think of the similar snarling factions in Berlin. My thoughts go back to 1939. History was my favorite subject when I was a schoolgirl. Was that the brown shirts? Or was those other guys that did the worst, did the worst, uh, civil, what is it, civil? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, they, they shot each other. Homophobia was one of the motivations, but, uh, they just went around tearing each other's heads off. Uh, red, uh, rednecks or roughnecks or right-wing idiots, uh, Oh, it's the same crowd generation after generation in Berlin. It was ex-military men, uh, the unemployed. You know, history, they say, does not repeat itself, but someone somewhere also said it may not repeat, but sometimes it rhymes. I just think human nature doesn't change. I hear echoes foreshadowing is that the word uh uh if you're interested in the political climate between the world wars the mindset of those germans you know the good germans like some of us good americans the bad ones uh oh these labels are um, the German people had had a rough time in World War One, and there was plenty of resentment and anger to go around. Uh, the failure of their leaders to control inflation, da-da-da-da, especially the angry men who had fought in the war, men like Adolf Hitler. He, he uh, had suffered, like so many veterans, uh, not just the physical wounds, but the deep humiliation, the shame of loss, dishonor to the fatherland. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember, old Bush, Bush one saying, we have kicked the Vietnam syndrome. Right, right, that's it. Men again, if you're interested in uh, the visions of our artists, our prophets, you can check out filmmakers i like to do that i i don't know why i i keep hoping that the uh the creative people can teach show people uh the consequences of their acts uh i don't know filmmakers like to look at that moment at the end of the weimar republic uh it was a brief period of democratic socialism, uh, you know, before the uh, new democracy that popped up after World War I, you know, was crushed. Women all over the place, you know. Uh, so many of them there, uh, I think, was, what is it, uh, two, two American women in the, uh, in Congress, and over there there were 20 women, but then uh, they were not only uh, kicked out of the uh, their official role and their jobs and all that, but they, they uh, were banned from the Reichstag at some point. Uh, the movie at the top of my list has always been Visconti's The Damned. It's the cruelest, the ugliest, the, the making creation of a Nazi. Uh, 
I won't tell you what he has to do in order to become one. The Italian films are maybe the most uh, the most beautiful. The the one about uh, the uh, the persecution of the Jews. The one called the Garden of the Fizzicontinis. That one is a heartbreaker. Uh, the most recent, uh, well, it's a few years old. Uh, I like it so much. It's called Max. Now, that's not the movie about the adorable dog who saves his soldier, master. Uh, the film Max, my film, is a chilling portrayal of a Jewish artist, uh, an art dealer. She's played by... Uh, John Cusack, uh, son of the great actor Cyril Cusack, Irish classic actor. Anyway, Max, this uh, uh, veteran of World War One, encounters uh, Adolf Hitler, also a veteran, you know. Hitler's a very angry young man, and uh, Hitler, of course, at that point was an artist, and uh, he can't sell his work, and he's very, very, very bitter. Uh, Max, on the other hand, this uh, cosmopolitan, Jewish, uh, intellectual, benevolent, aristocratic, uh, charming, charming. He has a gracious family, beautiful wife, uh, mistress, I, well, sort of mistress. Uh, he, he tries to help Hitler. He's a very a laid-back guy. He tries to demonstrate uh, a sophisticated worldview, I suppose. He thinks he might educate this young man, very much like so many of the liberals I know. Uh, and this fictional character, Hitler, uh, is an angry, disappointed outcast. I have no idea how accurate, uh, how accurate this is. As far as the facts are concerned, but uh, he, of course, find his, finds his way, finds his creative outlet. Uh, now, uh, he is uh, unimpressed with the efforts of Max to show him the function of art in social change. Uh, and he decides to start giving speeches uh, at one point, Max invites Hitler to his own art show. It features a soldier being fed into a meat grinder. Now, this is a satirical performance. Uh, it's uh, the sort of thing that delights the oh-so-sophisticated audience. There's much laughter. Uh, the soldier is ground up and... The uh, bits of him come out the other end of the meat grinder. Max himself uh, lost an arm in World War One, so I think he has to call patriotic credentials. He fought for Germany, for the fatherland. Hitler, on the other hand, in this story, is too disabled psychologically to learn. Mm-hmm. Remember Hannah Arendt saying that evil evil, what a word, that evil is banal. She wrote that it's only a lack of development. It's mental stagnation. In other words, it's stupidity. 
Uh, maybe. Maybe she means that the development of the mind, that thought, will inevitably lead to something, wisdom, understanding, empathy, uh... Uh, many Republicans tell me that their wisdom, their truth, uh, their ideology, if you wish, their traditions are just as valid as mine. Too many of us have hardening of the categories. Uh, left wing, right wing, yes. Right is wrong. I know so many liberals who insist, <laughs> who insist that that is the case. You know, I, I don't know if it's the same gene, little extremism on either side. Now, we all know the way the mind works. Language often just confuses things. Uh, you remember when the young people were saying that black was beautiful. So, if black is beautiful, white is ugly. Uh, it was so hard to... Uh, explain, and of course, we know the sort of thing, uh, well, you know, females good, males bad, you know, that stuff. Uh, when feminists try to liberate women, people think it means that they hate men. Now, that's got to be the dumbest notion <laughs> I've ever heard. If women hated men, it would all be over by Friday. Now, I know uh, any number of wise conservatives. I am conservative myself in one or two areas. Uh, I think of myself as conservative, as a conservationist. Where the earth is concerned, you see again the words, the words. Uh, how the present political gang, I guess the Tea Party folks, have altered the... Uh, is it the essential, essential beliefs in the Republican Party? Now, those people who are slow to change, call them the uh, right-wingers, the ones who feel or think that tradition is worth preserving, uh, they, uh, they're not hard to talk to. I, I try to... Um, connect with them about, uh, you know, the status quo, keeping order and stability. You know the sort of folks. They think that the British monarchy is a uh, useful, a uh, useful. Uh, <laughs> it's a symbol of the glorious history of England and the strength and nobility of their heritage, its ancestor worship. In fact, uh, at the height of the British Empire, the uh, the, uh, the newspaper said that the sun never set on the British Empire. Let's see, that would be end of the 19th century. Uh, now, of course, uh, Mahatma Gandhi uh, had another opinion, an entirely different point of view. 1947 saw the partition of India and Pakistan. Then the pundits come along and say that that was a terrible mistake. They could be right as well. Sometimes compromise is a bad choice. Uh, now, uh, I guess 
Hindsight is never quite right. Our election this year, both the White House and the Senate, uh, stand to be, well, uh, I don't know what word, what word is right. I don't want to say stolen. I don't want to say uh, occupied. Uh, anyway, those who seek to dump Trump are sometimes even the same people who want to pillory Hillary. And I'm beginning to believe that it is not the issues, not even the ideology that's at stake. I think it may be all about this human urge to fight. You know how that is. Uh, <laughs> could it be that while history doesn't repeat itself, it may just be a fact that human nature and thus human behavior never essentially changes. It repeats and repeats forever and ever and ever. Oh, some of my professors told us in the 50s that the best, the best were getting better. The wisest, the small group of people, you know, who might change things. Uh, you remember, it was said that that was the group that might change things. In fact, they're the only ones that ever will. Uh, I don't know, we wave our little pale blue flag. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's possible that what drives people who attack to look for an enemy is the primal urge to destroy. Ah, jolly old Sigmund Freud, the death wish. It's as old as the species Robert McNamara once stated in a documentary film made long, long after his years as a major engineer of the Vietnam War. Robert McNamara said that back when he was a decision-maker, when it counted, that was the time when he couldn't think. He said he could not process information. He couldn't think without an enemy. Okay, yes, an object to destroy. Just point me in that direction. Yes, the Marines, right. Uh, who was that general, the one I don't want to name names? Uh, he said that what he wanted was to reduce his enemies to cockroaches trapped, running around in a bottle. Ah. Barbara Ehrenreich is my choice for the writer that is most incisive in this matter of, uh, what is that, understanding violence. I have some work of hers that I want to bring to uh, the studio here, some pretty terrible stuff. Anyway, uh, the battle, the battle for uh, life, for resources, for the gods, pretty soon, for earth, air, water. Uh, so many theories about why we fight. Uh, my favorite, actually, has to be that... Uh, the evidence, and there's plenty of evidence, that all violence is 
pleasurable, I ask. Is it fun yet? I turn on the TV and I see almost entirely boys. And they're having the time of their lives. Like Donald Trump. He's higher than a kite. Uh, you know how it is. Boys don't like to be bored. Even journalists write of their addiction to conflict, to wars. Uh, this is so sad because so many journalists are dying just now. That's been going on for a couple of decades. They used to have some kind of, what is not protection, but kind of like the Red Cross, the, the uh, medics, you know. Some things are, well, nonning. None of these things are sacred anymore. Uh, the point is that guys need some action. I think uh, back in the early times, ancient, ancient history, I think of men waiting on the beach in ancient Greece, waiting for Agamemnon, their leader. Uh, he was to lead them across the sea uh, to conquer Troy. You know, Troy... <laughs> Asia Minor, you know, that land so far away from their homes. The inhabitants were total strangers, but uh, they only knew that uh, Trojans were the enemy. Oh, wait, wait, Helen, Helen, I forgot. Helen of Troy, the, the kidnapped woman, the abducted woman, is always a woman to use as an excuse Ah, uh, you remember, I, gosh, I've forgotten her name, the young woman who was uh, uh, threatened by the uh, Iraqi soldiers. She, she was a combatant, and she herself said that they treated her very well, and uh, she was actually cared for by uh, an Iraqi doctor in an Iraqi hospital, but nobody, nobody bought that. They just wanted to rescue her. It's our master narrative in Western culture, our mythology. The woman is rescued by the heroic male warrior. And so it was back in Greece. Agamemnon consulted an oracle. He was told to sacrifice his youngest daughter. Yes, virgin sacrifice. Iphigenia. Some people say Iphigenia. I think the film that I saw called her Iphigenia. Anyway, they're going to sacrifice her to the gods, Agamemnon is, so that the gods will uh, be impressed, you know. They like the humans to have faith in them, to believe in them, so they promise to send a wind to carry all those ships across the wine-dark sea. At least that's what the oracle says, so Agamemnon does the deed. The one film version that I uh, I like best, uh, it's just titled Iphigenia. It's the one in which we see the priest taking the girl to the sacrificial altar with the knife in his hand. We see the wind starting long before the priest gets the girl to the stone altar, so he rushes to be sure her blood is spilt before the wind rises. You know, uh, 
deniability. Okay, right. <laughs> that film, Evgenia, is an amazing, uh, an amazing movie. I, uh, I think, I think I'll buy it. By golly, that and uh, Medea and Trojan Women. Irene Pappas plays the mother Clytemnestra, uh, the maiden's mother. Um, she gets to play Helen in Trojan Women. Great uh, actress, Irene Pappas. When Agamemnon comes home after ten years of war, Clytemnestra and her lover, uh, Aegisthus, right, they kill him together with uh, his prisoner concubine, the prophet, the Trojan uh, prophet, Cassandra. <laughs> Virgin sacrifice is still very popular in places today. Drama, that's the ticket. War is drama. So many men uh, will tell you that war, that combat, that violence, even the encounters with death, that that's the highest point in their lives. Uh, look at all the books and plays and films all about blood and triumph and win or die. God, even the anti-war films somehow manage to celebrate. They end up... Uh, is that uh, rejoicing? They show the warrior the the uh, desire for annihilation of anything in sight. He is so. What is that? So noble. Uh, I was yeah. I was going to talk about Game of Thrones, but I don't have time. That's fiction anyway. But it does use all of the myths in Western culture. Is a series that a lot of people admire. Uh, anyway, it's always, you know, burn, baby, burn. Uh, even the good guys, oh, they do it in the end. It's their idea of justice. One time after an Oliver Stone war film, years ago I was talking to a Vietnam War veteran. He told me that... Uh, he would buy the anti-war message in the film uh, if they would take out the music and put in the smells. <laughs> but we know reality doesn't sell. I digress. Always I digress. Free association is my downfall. One thing just uh, segues into another. Anyway, today, today is the day when the Democratic candidate for presidency is decided. Bernie Sanders' utopian dreams of a Scandinavian sort of socialism, so humanitarian. Uh, he talks about a world where love trumps hate, Eros trumps Thanatos. His ideology reminds me of uh, George Bernard Shaw, that socialist vegetarian back in the 19th and the first half of the 20th century, too. Uh, uh, Bernie's egalitarian, rational uh, notions, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, George Bernard Shaw, my favorite quote about socialism, he's the one who said, we would have had socialism long ago, but for the socialists, 
Anyway, uh, Bernie has all the right ideas. Uh, he goes for enlightenment. And most, most of all, he goes for economic democracy. You know, Richard Nixon once suggested a bill for guaranteed income, and he was a Republican. Now, I have, gee whiz, I have too much material today. I have to do my bit about Hillary Clinton being uh, the, the genius for compromise. The art of the possible. That's our girl. The art of the possible. I'll go into Hillary, Hillary's story more next time because uh, we know she's going to be at the head of the march. This has been Jennifer Stone with Stone Throw Be Back on the Air next week at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Hi, Mitch Chesrich. Join me and the KPFA News Team Tuesday, June 7th, Election Night. I love running against Crooked Hillary. I love that. I've been so much. I will work against the hateful rhetoric that we are hearing from Donald Trump and others. And we're going to fight for every last vote until the uh, until California and uh, the D.C. primary. That's Tuesday, June 7th, beginning at 7 p.m. on KPFA 94.1 FM and kpfa.org. Do you know what Area 941 is? It's kpfa.org's new podcasting space. This allows us to expand our programming with more on-demand programs so you can listen when you want or download them at any time.